Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey everybody, welcome back to a new Head of the Pack. I guess you could call this the free agency wrap-up podcast. I know free agency is not officially done. Um, it never really is, but the last one before we transition into draft season with the draft happening about a month away in Cleveland, an in-person draft, maybe even reporters in person at the facility. But for now, we'll wrap up free agency. Packers have made a couple, I wouldn't call them minor moves, but a couple uh, quieter moves the last couple days uh, based on what the rest of the league has been doing. So Bill and I just wanted to talk to you about a couple of those. We'll start with Kevin King. Bill, I'm not going to lie, I was surprised that they brought him back. I wrote, every single time I wrote about free agency in King, I said he's as good as gone. Not because of what happened in the NFC Championship game solely. Um, obviously that didn't help when it comes to the, what have you done for me lately factor, but he's, he hasn't proven, uh, able to stay consistently healthy. And when he is, he's too prone to games like the NFC championship game. So I thought they would go with a, a veteran free agent and then draft a guy, as I've said on this show, what was your take on that move? Yeah, kind of the same thing. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy is, you know, this is probably every coach, but Mike McCarthy always like you always used to say the greatest ability is availability. And obviously Kevin is, I think he's played 41 of 64 games in his career. TJ Watt has almost as many career pass breakups as Kevin King. There's something for you. Um, You you really had to bring up that name again? Well, sorry about that. Um, But look, you you look at the, you look at the contract, it's peanuts, right? I mean, it's, it's one year they added like 65 void years. So he's he's under contract through like 2090. I'm, I'm exaggerating. It's one year and four void years. His cap number is less than $2 million. So this is a... Look, he played pretty well in 2019. And if you can get he that did. kind of play at this price, it's a pretty sweet deal. Clearly, they have to draft somebody. I mean, they, they, can't, they can't just roll into 2021 with, with Jair Alexander, Kevin King, and Shannon Sullivan as their corners. They, they got to do better. But at least, at least it takes the pressure off, doesn't it, Matt? When you, when you go on the draft, then maybe you don't have to go get a guy right away. Yeah, I think, obviously, the numbers first reported on all these deals are not what they really are. Um, so the one year up to 6 million up to is the key word there. This looks like, and like you just said, a one year prove it deal, low risk, high reward. And if the Packers can get the 2019 Kevin King or better, then he earns a new contract. And if they can't, then they'll have a, a high drafted rookie waiting in the wings. So I don't see the problem with, you know, although I didn't necessarily agree they should bring him back, I don't see the problem with the deal they gave him, especially with the specifics you just mentioned. And certainly it does not, you know, take them out of the running for drafting a cornerback in the first or second round. I mean, Jair Alexander and Kevin King were the first picks for the Packers in 2017 and 2018. 
neither of them started right away, but they started, you know, shortly thereafter. So that could happen here too. There's obviously money um, in playtime bonuses, performance bonuses, you know, per game bonuses for King. So if he's injured and doesn't, you know, play well or and or doesn't play well to start the season, then I don't think it would cost the Packers that much financially to be like, hey, rookie's ready. Let's throw him in there. Who knows what kind of camp a guy like a Greg Newsom or an Eric Stokes or an Asante Samuel Jr. has if they are uh, drafted by the Packers in the first round. Yeah, I just think it's important to um, not force yourself into a, a first round pick. And that's what this does. This is what I mean. They need they need to get better on the D line. Yeah. Uh, goodness knows they could use some O line help. So that you at least have last year's group together. Look, they pretty, pretty you know for all the warts of it, um, they were top ten or twelve in pass rating, pass breakups, um, completion percentage. So they they played fairly well. Um, sports info in sports info solutions charged King with one touchdown during the regular season. Um, so I mean, he yeah, I th- he wasn't awful. I mean, he was I think terrible in the championship. He's good. Yeah, I mean, if Kevin King returns to a respectable level, I think they could have one of the best secondaries in the league. I think Amos and Savage are underrated as a safety tandem. Jair's obviously, you know, one of the best corners in the league, probably top two, top three, along at least last year with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. The problem's not the secondary; it's you know. The linebacking core, which has you know been underwhelming for way longer than I've been covering this team, longer than you've been covering this team. Um, <laughs> That's a fact. And, and the defensive line, because outside Kenny Clark, yeah, they have some decent run stoppers, but you got to get pressure on the quarterback from your defensive line too. And you know, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary can do that. You got to get some interior pressure too. Or else you can just throw all the double teams on the edge guys who are the only ones to cause problems. Um, and obviously they need more help than just Kenny Clark in that area. So I agree. I think if people are saying, oh, this is not good for a secondary, secondary is not what you should be worried about. You should be worried about the defensive line um, not really having done anything to improve over the past couple of years. They could obviously go there with a guy like Iowa's Davion Nixon in the first round. And your your tandem of inside linebackers are two 22-year-olds who are injury-prone. So maybe I saw, you know, K.J. Wright has been thrown around as a name they could still sign. Um, they, I, I wouldn't expect them to go inside linebacker in the draft because why bring in another young guy? Um, I would expect it to come via free agency if they do address the position. But, yeah, I think they're, they're set at cornerback. And like you said, you know, they have to guard against the – possibility that King does get hurt again or he doesn't play well and and draft a guy early on. So you know, if I had what what let me ask you this. If you had to pick a position that the pack not that the Packers will draft, but the Packers should draft with their first and second round picks in that order, what would you say? Uh, in a perfect world, um I'd go D line and corner. Uh sorry, sorry Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> there goes your weapons again, but Man, they've poured so many resources into the defense, and it's still just blah. It's yep. it's amazing how I mean, Josh Jackson was a second round pick a couple of years ago. I mean, the guy was inactive for the playoffs. And, you know, maybe maybe Joe Barry's defense is just what Jackson needs, and you'll get back to what people thought maybe he could be. But um, yeah, you you got to get a D lineman here. I mean, Dean Lowry for his four point one million dollar base salary not good enough. K 
Kingsley Kiki was some flashes here and some flashes there. Montrevious Adams stunk, but he, I mean, and he's gone. So you're, you're already down a guy. You know, who knows about Damon Harrison if he's coming back? Um, they 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 need bodies and and someone who can make an impact. Um, because you know it's Kenny, it's Kenny, it's Kenny Clark against the world inside. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other one that was reported to have happened yesterday. Uh, we obviously don't know if any of these are actually going to happen because they're not official yet. The team hasn't even announced the Aaron Jones uh, extension, so we'll see. Uh, That's funny, isn't it? The, the one that happened yesterday, I think this was inevitable. We all agreed that this should happen, bring back Mercedes Lewis. to two-year deal. Well, I thought you were going to talk about the long snapper. Oh, yeah, yeah, I woke up from <laughs> I woke up from my nap to a bunch of Packers tweets. I was like, oh, what happened? What happened? Uh, it's a long snapper who hasn't played in five years, but who knows? He probably has as good of a uh, an idea to, or good of a chance at winning that job uh, as anyone else they could bring in with what Hunter Bradley did last season. No offense to Hunter Bradley, it's nothing personal. But Mercedes Lewis, I think we all agreed that should happen. Uh, reported for two years and eight million. It's probably not eight million because I doubt they would pay him four million dollars a year after the the deals they've gave him the last couple of years. But you know. We know what he matters. We we know how important he is, not only on the field, as an occasional acrobatic pass catcher, a really sturdy run blocker, but more so than anything, a, a locker room presence. And yes, it's cliche, but just listen to the way Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Robert Tunyon and Justin Outen and Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett talk about this guy. And it's a no-brainer to bring him back. He's a really important part to this team. Yeah, I mean, they don't have anybody, you know, never mind the intangible stuff, but who's going to do the dirty work yeah. at tight end? I mean, they don't, they don't have anybody for that role. So, again, if you let Lewis go, now you're forced to go draft a tight end, right? Who can who can block? So, illogical decision. You know, one of Gutekunst's all-time best moves is one of those understated ones where after 2018, his first year here, Lewis's first year, where he didn't play under Mike McCarthy, here he is contemplating retirement and getting the hell out of here, and Gutekunst talks him back, one of the – one of the really good understated moves by the GM there. Yeah, I think that's the best part about, you know, this Lewis story. He was so disappointed with his role in 2018, and I'm sure a lot of people were on that team with how poorly they did at 6-9-1. and one. But um, Mercedes Lewis, just the year prior, had a fairly good year for the Jaguars. You know, caught a touchdown pass in the AFC Championship game, and then was just not used at all. And uh, he told... In, I, I don't know if it was just Jason or a couple reporters last year early in the season, no, or two years ago, I should say, you know, Gutekunst apologized to him and basically said, we promise this year will be different. And credit to Gutekunst, you know, maybe people disagree with him drafting a QB, but that's a solid under the radar move slash, you know, conversation he had with Mercedes Lewis to convince him to not only come back, but keep playing football. And the Packers have benefited greatly from that. And, and I think he's again, going to have an important role on this team. Just one question I had for you, Bill, regarding the tight end room. They're probably going to go with four since that's what they've done the past couple of years. Is it Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, Josiah DeGora, and Dominique Daphne? Does Jay Sternberger miss out on the team this year? That's a great question. I was, I was thinking about that yesterday. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, I mean, clear, the, the guy's got no trade value at all. But None. <laughs> Daphne, Daphne made a couple plays, but you know, just listening to people talk about him after he made those plays, you kind of got the feeling it wasn't some flash in the pan. Look, some guy caught a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers kind of thing. You, you kind of got the feeling 
that, that there, there's some real talent there. That he, he's not just some great story of a guy who was a bouncer at some bar in Iowa. But there's, there's an actual player there. So, yeah, I could see. God, funny as it is to say, you've got a bouncer against a third-round draft pick. <laughs> for that last tight end spot. That is amazing, but I, I do I well, see it happen. One last thing I wanted to, to bring um, up on that front was um, not only did he catch that touchdown pass, but on the next play, he laid out one of the best return men of this generation <laughs> on the ensuing return in Cordero Patterson. And I, I think back to just regarding the tight end room, Devontae Adams isn't going to shower people unnecessarily with praise. And I remember earlier in the season, I asked Devontae about Jair Alexander, and he was saying how when Jair was a rookie in 2018, he knew Jair was going to be good because he was well beyond his years in terms of how he carried himself, how he studied, and how he played. And then Devontae finished his answer by saying, and a guy this year that reminds me of kind of the same type of guy as Josiah DeGuara. And then I remember Devontae Adams after the Week 17 Bears game talking about Dominique Daphne saying, you know, I I might be wrong here, but I think he said I haven't seen a guy as versatile as Dom in a while here. So I'm not saying Devontae doesn't think highly of, of Jay Sternberger, but when the best wide receiver in the NFL and one of the team's leaders and a guy who's, whose voice carries weight in that locker room speaks so highly of the two tight ends who are up for those final two spots with Jay Sternberger, I think that gives you a good idea of where the pulse of the team is at in, in regards to the, the bottom of that tight end room. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, if you're the number four tight end, what, what is your number one job? I mean, it's, it's got to be special teams, right? You've got you've to make an impact on special teams and you know, look, look at the inactives list for the playoffs. Ster, Ster, Sternberger couldn't even get above that. Dominic Daphne. It was yeah. Jay Sternberger. Yep. So if, for a team that's, whose special teams are a train wreck, you figure they've got to kind of have a, I would say a renewed emphasis, but that would mean that you're actually renewing an emphasis, um, a much higher emphasis on that side of the ball or that phase of the game. I would think, I would think Daphne's definitely got a leg up there. So I, I would think, yeah, Sternberg's not, you know, it, you know, what do we know about Chase really? I mean, he's, he's been hurt for his two training camps. So I, I frankly, I don't, I don't know if the guy's good or bad. It's been, it's yeah. been an uphill battle for it, sure. Though, and for just quickly before we head out of here, what what do you want to see? And I say want to, not because we're fans, but what do you want to see the Packers do for the remainder of free agency if you were someone invested in the team? Say like an owner who publicly owns a sports franchise. What would you want the Packers to do for the rest of free agency? What do you think makes sense for them to do? Yeah, you know, D-line's pretty solid yet. I have some up, I update my list every day or so, and it, it's a pretty decent group there. And you could probably get a guy who's going to cost you maybe even less than Lowry cap wise. So I, I think I think there's a real opportunity there to upgrade. But man, oh man, they are in such trouble cap wise for next year. So I mean, if if you're out there thinking that there's a big move to be made, I, I have no idea how they're going to make it. When I looked, and this is before these latest moves, they were. They're over next year's projected cap with like 28 guys under contract. That is a serious, good. serious problem. So maybe Aaron Rodgers' contract takes care of that if, if that's actually going to happen, or maybe Devontae Adams gets an extension and that frees up some cap space. Smith but too could happen. Um, there, there's a world of trouble there. Here, 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 here's the thing: uh, could they 
I, I would add an inside linebacker. If I'm to make one more move, I would add a veteran inside linebacker like a KJ Wright. Uh, there's probably not many worth bringing in at that level besides him. Um, but they could extend Zedarius. I'm just thinking off of what you said, what, what they can do to clear up some of that cap space. They could extend Zedarius Smith because at that time he'll have one more year on his deal. Extend Devontae Adams. Uh, extend Jair Alexander. Because he'll be playing, this will be his fourth year, so he'll be playing on that fifth-year option in 2022, which will cost, I believe, around $13 million. And if they want to lessen that cap hit, they could extend him before the 2022 season, which I fully expect them to do. Am correct? Is, am I on the right path with that? Yeah. Um, That's correct, yes. Who knows? Maybe they extend Elton Jenkins. Well, they they would extend Elton Jenkins because he doesn't have the fifth year option, so he would have one year left on his deal. So it might be extension city next off season for the Packers. Yep, extend it and then, or shove as much money into the twenty twenty three cap where all that TV money is supposed to kick in. That's right. Obviously, look, look, they they know what they're doing. Um, I I assume so. I I, I would think that's probably the plan, but they've they've got some troubles there. You you mentioned Cage right I, the other day. I wrote something about him. His last two years combined, he's got 21 passes defensed. Sounds like... That's a hell of a lot of pass breakups. And what what does that linebacker group need? They need a guy who can play some pass defense. Who's the last Packers linebacker who could uh, defend against the pass that well? <laughs> Ray Nitschke. The, K- the KJ Wright practice field. <laughs> Seriously. They've been so be bad at linebacker for on the so KJ long. KJ Wright field uh, next, next, uh, next fall. Jesus, man, <laughs> this team needs an inside linebacker more than people need air to breathe, don't they? It's such a copycat league, too. And you look at what Tampa did. And it wasn't just obviously just wasn't Devin White, Levante, David. But you look what Tampa did with those two guys. Does Green Bay even have one good guy? I mean, maybe they do with, with those rookies. But, man, the jury's out. So that's all we've got for you guys today. A nice quick episode talking Kevin King, Mercedes Lewis, couple... Uh, future points for free agency, what we think the team should do, which is probably not what they will do, but we'll come to you guys in another two weeks talking everything about the draft after we really dive into all this pro day stuff, what uh, the Packers probably should do in the draft. And who knows, maybe we'll even name 29 players they could take at number 29 before they don't take any of them because we really don't know anything uh, about the Packers like we think we do. And that's what they've proved the last two years. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, just before we get out of here, a quick reminder, even as football slows down this weekend, March Madness is is still going strong. Uh, it's here. It's going to the Sweet 16. The Athletics College Basketball Group brings you the Ding You presented by BetMGM. We'll cover all of the action with On the Court and at the Sportsbook, grabbing insight from the Athletics' great college basketball writers and picking the brain of BetMGM's top bookmakers. Join us for our next show discussing Sweet 16. Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Daily Ding feed and streaming on the Athletics YouTube channel. 